Romans chapter number 1, Romans chapter number 1. If you'll turn there in your Bibles, I'll read one verse of Scripture this morning for our text, and I want you to keep your Bible open because we'll refer to a few others along the way. And uh, do stop by the table in the foyer and grab a prayer card. And if you grab a prayer card, you are obligated to pray for them. And it's called a prayer card for a reason. And I do pray for them, and I appreciate their faithfulness, and I'm so glad they got to stop uh, by uh, the, and, and spend a few uh, just a morning with us. And I was thinking that Brother, Brother Johnson would be a good place. Uh, as you know, I, 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 Lord allowed me to travel internationally, and I thought, well, that would be a great place to come over and, and uh, visit and maybe take a few people and help them however. And then he started talking about all that snow. You're on your own, brother. I tell you right there. Uh, but uh, no, do pray, do, do pray for them. What a thought that while God, and we're, we're blessed. God's been working here in our church, and God's been doing things here in Jacksonville, Florida, but the same God is doing something on the opposite side of the planet, and uh, people are being saved over there. What a thought, and uh, what a good reminder. Romans chapter number 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I guess if you're going to be a missionary, you can't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus. The truth of the matter is, none of us should be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm afraid that often um, it can be said of God's people, uh, if it cannot be said that we're ashamed, certainly uh, we're timid, more timid than we should be when it comes to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning I want to use verse number 16, and I, I am aware of the time. I know we're uh, a little bit behind schedule, and that's on purpose this morning. I did want us to hear from uh, our missionary, and that was such a blessing and a reminder of how important it is for us to pray, uh, how important it is for us to give, and what a privilege it is to partner with those uh, who are preaching the gospel all over the world. Uh, I will be mindful of the time. If you'll, if you'll give me your attention, uh, I, will, I will let out as, uh, very close to, to, to the, the same time we let out every week, but you're going to have to listen quickly this morning. Uh, but I do want to uh, make some points this morning, and if I, if I take a little bit of time in the introduction and we're getting close to time dismissal, I'll just mention my points this morning, and uh, I will let out uh, before 2.30, I promise you that. Uh, but I want to preach this morning uh, on that thought from verse 16, not ashamed of the gospel, not ashamed of the gospel. Father, I pray this morning that you'll do the work that only you can do. My, my heart has already been stirred by the testimony of what you're doing in the country of Japan. My heart has been stirred by the music, by the fellowship. And Father, I pray that you would stir our hearts with the message this morning. And Father, I pray that you'd work in every life today, those that are members, those that are uh, joining us for the first time today. Father, I pray that you'd work in each and every life. And Father, I pray if there's someone unsaved, may they realize their need of the gospel. May they trust Christ today. And Father, may you challenge your church this morning to do more uh, for you, do more to get the gospel around the world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Apostle Paul is writing to the Christians in Rome. Paul, as we know, was a missionary to the Gentiles. 
After his <clears throat> conversion, he was set apart and commissioned by the church to preach the gospel and to start other churches. Uh, what a ministry and what an opportunity Paul had and how the Lord greatly used him. And certainly today, all these centuries later, we are recipients of the labors and the work that, that God did through the Apostle Paul. Uh, I have, as I mentioned just a moment ago, I've had the privilege to attend, uh, go to different countries and uh, see different cultures. Um, I've never been a missionary in that respect, but uh, using the illustration of, of a missionary as the one we have this morning or the Apostle Paul, I imagine you cannot go to a different group of people and confront their culture, confront their traditions, confront their, confront their religion while being ashamed of the gospel. Likewise, we cannot effectively make a difference in our own country. We cannot, make a, we cannot be effective in making a difference in our own state, in our own city, in our own communities, while being ashamed of the gospel. It is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that makes the difference. It is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that changes the hearts of men, that changes homes, that changes lives, that changes nations. And I want us this morning to notice uh, what, the, what the Bible says in verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now the Bible is very specifically of what gospel we're talking about. There's a lot of religion. There's a lot of the different ideologies. If I'm not mistaken, I believe in Japan, they believe there's many gods and in many different ways. And certainly the Bible is very specific. It's the gospel of Christ. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're saved this morning, it is because of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. No man cometh unto the Father but by Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. So as we talk about not being ashamed of the gospel, I, 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 am, I am not ashamed of who I am. I'm not ashamed to be a Baptist this morning. I believe the Bible teaches, and that, that lines up with the Bible. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We should not be ashamed of the gospel, and it's His gospel. What is that? It's the death, the burial the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God, who was virgin born, lived a sinless life. I'm thankful that He was willing to go to the cross of Calvary and bear my sins and bear the sins of the world and pay that price. But I'm reminded that He just did not take on my sins, that He gave His life. Man didn't take His life from Him. He laid down His life so that we might have salvation. We know the account of Scripture very, very well that after three days He came forth out of that tomb as alive as, alive as He has ever been. That is the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection. We do not serve a dead God today. We serve a Savior who is as alive as He has ever been. He sits at the right hand of the Father, but it's important for the sake of not just the message, but the sake of what the Bible has, has commissioned the church to do, that we understand when we say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, we understand that it is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you a definition of the word ashamed. Uh, simply put, affected by shame. 
confused by guilt, by the exposure of some gross errors or misconduct, which the person is conscious it must be wrong, and which tends to inspire, to impugn his honor or reputation. Let me walk us through that again. It's to be affected by shame, confused by guilt, by the exposure of some gross errors or misconduct. Let me stop right there. So to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, what that is saying is that there's some errors with the gospel. Friend, there are no errors with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when I, as a recipient of that gospel, as a child of God, am ashamed of the gospel, I allow that shame to come upon me. What I am saying is, I am conscious or aware of some errors in the gospel. And friend, there are no errors in the gospel. It is the way to heaven. So as we, as we see the very definition of the word ashamed, it should never be applied when it comes to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. To be ashamed of the gospel is to be ashamed of Christ's crucifixion. To be ashamed of his suffering. To be ashamed of his sacrifice. Friend, what a sad testimony, what a sad indictment for a child of God to ever be ashamed of the gospel. Because it's to say I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed of the fact that Jesus would go to the cross of Calvary and allow himself to be tortured and allow himself to bear the sins of the world. It is to be ashamed of his suffering. And friend, we can only draw conclusions from what the Bible tells us of the suffering of Christ, but he suffered greatly for you and I. And what sacrifice he made, why there should never be shame when it comes to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. With those few thoughts in mind, I do want to get to the crux of the message this morning on not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Very quickly, I I have reminded us what gospel we're talking about. We're talking about the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, That is the gospel we speak of. And friend, uh, there's a lot of theories out there. There's a lot of supposed ways, but there's only one way, and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ, we know the way. We, we, we understand the way. Uh, Paul was going to preach to pagan lands, going to preach to those who uh, believed there were many ways, and he was going to confront everything that they had ever understood or been taught. The only way to do that is not to be ashamed of the truth that you have, not to be ashamed of what God has done in our own life, And so this morning, I want to be very practical, but I believe it will be very helpful. And wouldn't it be a wonderful thing? There's so many people who name the name of Christ, but yet you never know it. We should not be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mentioned in my opening uh, comments before the opening prayer uh, that I'm excited about being saved. And I'll just add to that, I'm not sorry that I'm saved on my way to heaven. I'm not sorry that I've been forgiven. Uh, I'm excited about being saved. and, And I don't mind other people knowing that I'm a child of God. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel. As I look at the Apostle Paul. And I look at what God used him to do in preaching that gospel, in establishing churches where there's never been churches established before, in the idea of 
one faithful man giving the truth to another faithful man. And from generation to generation, that being passed down and the responsibility we have today, I want to make just a few observations and statements to you and I this morning. First of all, to not be ashamed, number one, you must accept the gospel. How can you not be ashamed of a gospel you've never been accepted, that, that you've never accepted? I look at the Apostle Paul, and I believe one reason why he was not ashamed, and I believe the same can apply to you and I, we must accept the gospel. Notice what it says in verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Unto salvation. If you're saved this morning, you know it. If you've been forgiven this morning, you know it. If you've been redeemed, you know it. It is the gospel that changes the life, that changes the heart. It is to say, what's the big deal about the gospel? Well, you can't be ashamed of it if you've accepted it because you know what is done for you. The moment I put my faith and trust in Christ, my eternity was changed from hell to heaven. My record was guilty to innocent. That is the power of the gospel. He was not ashamed because he accepted it. I, I draw your attention to the same chapter, verse number 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets and the holy scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Paul mentions he's separated into the gospel. He speaks of his conversion. The gospel is that the scriptures speak of the, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is his gospel. Verse number nine, he speaks, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit, in the gospel of his Son. Sadly, there are many who have heard the message of the gospel, but have rejected it. If you reject the gospel, you cannot say that you're not ashamed of the gospel. So the first thing that I want to remind us of is to not be ashamed. You must accept the gospel this morning. Uh, have you accepted the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Paul never got over his conversion. Paul never got over getting saved. Paul never got over being confronted by Christ on that road to Damascus. To be not be ashamed, you must accept the gospel. Number two, I'm being very practical this morning, but I want to say, second of all, to not be ashamed, you must embrace the gospel. Now let me explain what I mean by that. Notice it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. When you, if you're saved this morning, when you put your faith and trust in what Christ did on Calvary, His death, His burial, His resurrection... And by putting your faith in Christ, you are saying, there's nothing that I could do to earn forgiveness. There's nothing that I could do to gain access to God. There's nothing a church could do. There's a, there's a lot of churches today, and I'll use that term loosely, who place themselves in the stead of God, and they think they can decide who gets access to God and not. You won't find that in the Bible. There's not a holy man, whether he's Catholic or Baptist, who can grant access to God through forgiveness. 
There's only one who can do that, and that is the applied blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have put your faith and trust in what Christ did, the moment you do that, you're changed. The moment you do that, you are transformed. Being saved by the grace of God, as the Scripture refers to it, is to be changed. Now, I look around the room this morning, and it looks like there's a lot of dignified people in here. I mean, you look like you are the, well, if I don't look over here, there's some dignified people in here. And, then, and uh, boy, you, 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 you just fit the bill in, in the standard of what, of what a child of God is supposed to be, and an upstanding citizen. But let's think for a moment what we were before Jesus found us. Let's look into the mirror of Scripture and have it remind us what we really are. What can change a man? What can take somebody like the Apostle Paul who hunted down Christians and imprisoned Christians and closed the doors of churches and murdered those that named the name of Christ? What in the world? There's not a 12-step program that can take somebody like that and make them into the bold preacher of the gospel like the Apostle Paul was. Only the power of God can do that. Only the power of God can change an individual. Maybe you sit here this morning and you've never put your faith in Christ. You say, I don't know that I could ever be that. Or I don't know that I could ever do that. Friend, you can't understand it until you put your faith in Jesus and the power of God changes your heart, changes your life, changes your future. In order to not be ashamed of the you must embrace it. What do I mean by that? You allow the change to take place. In the instant you trust Christ, your, 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 your eternity is changed. Your record in heaven is changed. But you should continue to change. You allow it to do its work in you. Bible speaks of a new creature. Paul's appetites changed. His desires changed. As I look around the building, there's some in the building. You've been saved just in, in recent weeks. You, many others have been saved just in recent months. There's a change taking place in you. And let me just encourage you this morning... Let the gospel continue to do its work in you. Your, your eternity is secured the moment you put your faith and trust in Christ. But the, that's the power of God into salvation. But we must allow the, 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 the salvation that we have, we must allow the power of God to continue to do a change. So when you hear a missionary, you hear a testimony like this brother this morning, you say, I don't think I could ever have the faith that he had. There was a time in his life I think he would testify to you. He did not have the faith to go and do that. But it's salvation continues to do a work. It changes your appetites. It increases your faith. It makes you into somebody that you weren't before. And quite frankly, I don't know why Christians are afraid of that. I, I don't know why we try, and, we try and keep that from happening. That is the power of God and the salvation. If I'm not going to be ashamed, if there's nothing wrong with the gospel and there's not, then I must continue to allow it to Work in my life. We must allow it to do the work in the world that it's intended to do. See, Paul's eternity, eternity was changed, but his way of living was as well. If you're saved this morning, your way of living ought to be different now than it was before you got saved. That is embracing the gospel. I say number three this morning, to not be ashamed, you must share 
the gospel. Verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Notice the next few words. To every one that believeth. Aren't you thankful that we have a gospel that will save any man? He mentions specifically the Jew and the Greek. There's, there's several reasons why, but, there's, but just let me use it practically this morning. You got the Jew on this end of the spectrum. You have the Greek on this end of the spectrum. And any man can be saved. Aren't you thankful that the gospel we have is not a respecter of persons? That anyone can be saved that has a desire to be saved. Anyone can have their sins forgiven that has a desire. And all you have to do is put their faith and trust in Christ. But let's not let the words that are written in this verse... Let's not lose sight of what it is saying. It says, under salvation, and we can rejoice in the power of God, and we should. We can rejoice in the power of God under salvation, but to everyone that believeth. Now, let me remind you to not be ashamed, to not feel an embarrassment because something that you believe has an error in it. We must share it. I believe if we took the time this morning and we put the focus on each individual, everyone who is saved this morning, I have a testimony of salvation. I remember putting my faith and trust in Christ. We would say, that's the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. And if you can't say that this morning, you need to revisit and see if you really trusted Christ as your Savior. Because it is truly the greatest thing that an individual can do is put their faith and trust in Christ for salvation. If it's the greatest thing that could happen for us, and think about it, we are lost in our sins, and we are guilty before God, and the Bible is very clear, because we are all sinners, there is an eternal condemnation, there is eternal damnation that we all must face, except for the grace of God, and for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and Jesus paid the price for us. And if we're honest this morning, we'd say, I deserve to go to hell for my sins. I deserve to pay the price for the things that I've done. But I put my faith and trust in Jesus, and He saved me. He forgave me. And in heaven, you look at my record, you don't see the record of Greg Neal, you see the record of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, Jesus, and God looks at that record and says he's forgiven. He's got the record of my son. And the day will come when I'll take my last breath on this side of eternity. And I'll enter into heaven and I'll have my perfect body. I'll, I'll be, be with my Lord for all of eternity. What a wonderful salvation. What a wonderful gospel. So why won't we share it? If we would say, let's proudly proclaim the gospel is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Why would we not share the greatest thing that has ever happened to me with somebody else? I mean, if we had won the lottery, 
Maybe we wouldn't tell our fam- friends and family. Maybe that's a bad illustration. Say, Pastor, are you, are, are you, are you endorsing the lottery? No, Christians shouldn't in, in play the lottery. But if you do, it still says tithe. So just, just, for the, just for the record. In all seriousness this morning, when we do have good news and something good that happens to us, we share it. We talk about it. There's nothing greater that could ever happen to an individual than have their sins forgiven. So are we sharing it? Or are we ashamed? Are we excited to talk about the greatest thing? Are we excited to talk about that eternal home we have in heaven? Are we excited to talk about that I'll never spend a moment in that place called hell? Are we excited to talk about the things that, that I've done, that I'm wrong, my sin? It's under the blood of Christ. There, the Bible says as far as the east is from the west, as far as God is concerned, my record is clean, is perfect, and, and I'll never give an account for it. Are you excited about that? Well, who are we telling? Who are we sharing it with? Paul was not ashamed, therefore he had to declare the gospel. He had a, placed a personal responsibility on himself to share the greatest things. Let me ask a very sobering question of all of us this morning. Is there somebody that's close to us that we've yet to share the greatest thing that has ever happened to us with? I mean, if this missionary who came here and he says, yeah, I've been in Japan and, and I don't know what you do in Japan besides shovel snow from, from your testimony, but, you know, I'm over there. But I, I, haven't sh- I haven't shared the gospel with anybody. We'd say, what a sorry missionary. But yet how many Christians go day after day and week after week and month after month We never share the greatest thing that has ever happened in our life. Is there another explanation than the fact that we're ashamed? Perhaps there is, but this morning I I hope that we'll allow the words of the Apostle Paul as he writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He reminds us of the power of God and of salvation to everyone that believes. Say, well, I just don't think they would would be excited about it. Why don't you let them decide that? Well, I don't think that they would trust Christ. Why don't you let God do the work in their life? I'll tell you this morning, if the Apostle Paul can be saved, any man can be saved. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and say, Pastor, I, I hear what you're saying, but you don't know the life that I've lived. I promise you, if you want to compare it to the life of the Apostle Paul, he lived a wicked life. He was a murderer. He fought against the things of God, and he met Christ, and he was saved and transformed. That's the power of God unto salvation. We have a responsibility to not be ashamed of what God's done for us, not be ashamed of the greatest news in the world. It if we're not going to be ashamed, we have to share it. And then number four, and finally, if you're not going to be ashamed of the gospel, you must propagate the gospel. Let me explain the difference in what I mean. We ought to share it with those who we come in contact with as individuals. I have a responsibility as an individual to share the gospel. 
as a preacher of the gospel, I declare the gospel. God didn't call me to be a, be, be a, be a religious psychologist. I am a preacher of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If, if, you're, if you're looking for a, a spiritual psychologist, and I don't even know what that is, this is not him. I, didn't, I, 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 I was reminded, I was talking to one of our students about a project, and he, he asked me about the circumstance about my surrender to preach and the circumstance about God calling me to preach, and I was six years of age, and we were on vacation, and we were stopping in our church, and I felt impressed with the Spirit of God, and I really hadn't thought about it much before that, and he felt impressed to, that, that, that God wanted me to preach the gospel. I didn't turn to my, I pulled on my mom, and uh, I didn't turn to her and say, God has led me to be a spiritual psychologist. No, I, I felt the call to preach the gospel. But all of us have a responsibility when it comes to propagating the gospel. The book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, I'll reference it, and I, I, I reference this enough that, it, that if you're here any length of time, you know the verse I'm talking of. It is the admonition or the mandate from Christ as he ascends to heaven, the responsibility of the church. Now, just as a reminder, nowhere in there is the responsibility for the church to be a social club. Although, we are social. And watching this, some of you are very social. Nothing wrong with that. But the admonition is to propagate the gospel. Acts 1.8 tells us to go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the, of the earth. Empowered by the Spirit of God to give witness, he instructed those men to give witness of what they had seen. What had they seen? His death, his burial, his resurrection. They had been witnesses of the fact that Christ had raised from the dead. That was the message that they were to preach. Now that admonition was not just to those individuals that day. That admonition, if you study the book of Acts chapter number 1, and you study what, what, what uh, Jesus calling out the church even prior to that, but there's people assembled together, and I preached on not too long ago, in the upper room of the church, and the church gathered and prayed for the power of the Spirit of God. Then they went out, and we read Pentecost in Acts chapter number 2, and the 3,000 saved and added to the church. The point I'm getting at is there were some in that upper room who prayed and were part of the church, but they did not preach on Pentecost. Peter preached and 3,000 were saved. But there were some that were part of the church that were praying that people might be saved. So what were they doing? They were having a part in propagating the gospel. They're, they're, the church is designed, God designed the church in a way that all of us, yes, we can be edified. And that's one reason why you ought to be faithful to church. You will be strengthened as a child of God. You will be encouraged. You will be edified. And yes, you will be challenged to do more for the cause of Christ as a child of God. That's one purpose of the church, so that we may go out and give the gospel to the world. Far too long in the United States of America, we have sent missionaries across the seas, and we're not a missionary to the neighbor across the street. And we have a responsibility to be a part of propagating. As I come to a conclusion this morning, let me remind us we all have a part in propagating the gospel. Everybody here can have some part. Not only should it be shared individually, but... God has given us the church to support and serve in 
so that the gospel can go forth. We ought to be willing to share the gospel. We ought to be willing to go. I thank God for those who the Lord has called out of our church who serve today on foreign fields. So, Pastor, you believe that happens? That's of everybody? No, but you ought to be willing to go. If he doesn't call you, he doesn't send you. You shouldn't go, but you ought to be willing to. Everybody can have a part in propagating the gospel in giving. It is such an encouragement. We have a missionary like this brother who comes to give a testimony for those who give faithfully to missions. To know that God uses that to do a work in other parts of this world. I would encourage every child of God, if you're not giving on a regular basis to missions, you ought to do so. That's a, that, that is a way in propagating the gospel. We're not ashamed of the gospel, are we? Uh, we should be doing our part in propagating the gospel. Everybody can pray. And as we have much to process and think of this morning, and I know the message is a little bit different because uh, of the different things we had this morning, but I want to tie all of what we've said this morning, how Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God and the salvation. We're talking about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not some theory. This is actually, it's more than life and death. It is eternities are being decided based on what they do with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the greatest story that's ever been told. It's the greatest news man can hear. It transformed us. And if we had time this morning and the opportunity, we could testify that the power of God and the salvation is real because of what is done in our own life. But as we think of all of these things and the statement, I am not ashamed, and I'm thankful that Paul lived a life where he could say, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because, and I don't have time this morning, it was through the ministry of the Apostle Paul that the gospel did get to the Gentiles, those that were not Jews. And here we are today with the gospel as a result of those who were not ashamed of the gospel. Let me ask a question this morning. As we conclude, can you say with Paul, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you can say that, it means that you've accepted that gospel. Because you can't say you're not ashamed if it's a gospel you don't even believe in. Oh, there will be some who will say, well, I'll just stand before the Lord one day and I'll tell him I just didn't believe that. I just don't believe that. That's not going to cut it. It's a rejection of what Christ did. If we can say this morning, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, can, are we allowing it to continue to work in our life? We have the Spirit of God who dwells within us. Are we working against Him as He begins to make changes in our life? Are we sharing the gospel? Are we ashamed? Every one of us, if you're saved, you know what I'm fixing to describe. You've all felt it. There's an oppression by the Spirit of God to talk to an individual about their salvation. Hand them a gospel track. I need to tell my friend what Jesus did for me. I need to tell my loved one what God has done in my life. Well, I'm afraid of what 
some may think. I'm afraid of what others might say. I'm afraid of perception that might be made of me. Is there anything wrong with the gospel? There's nothing wrong with the gospel. So therefore, we should not be afraid. We should not be ashamed of the gospel. And then as a church, as a reminder to the Emmanuel Baptist Church, may we in the days ahead do more than we've ever done to propagate the gospel. May we pray more for the gospel to be preached to softened hearts, and for God to empower in ways that, uh, that, that He hasn't empowered in us in the past and opportunities have given us for us to give as we've never given before, but to have a part in that. And this morning, as we go to invitation, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I, I would urge you this morning to, to, to put your faith and trust in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you to put your, your faith and trust in any kind of religious dogma. Only thing that will give you the forgiveness that you seek is through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you've never been scripturally baptized, why don't you identify with Christ and not be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would we identify and unite with His church? And if we are part of His church this morning, may we do an evaluation and how can I have a greater part in propagating the greatest news in the world? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. May we not be ashamed of the greatest thing that has ever happened to us. Father, I pray this morning that you would use your word.